I don't like anything though. That's like a true <laughs> fact about me. I am very hard to please when it comes to movies and TV. You are hard to please with movies. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. I am. What? What? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> In general, what displeases you and what pleases you about movies? Uh, I. It's a big question. But... So as you know. We both went to film school at the School of Visual Arts, and I'm a little bit tipsy. I can't feel my face like Spicoli. Um, <laughs> my face is buzzing. My face is buzzing. My mouth is a little soft and dry. You're on Midnight Local, the podcast from How to Drink, where we just talk about things. Movies. Uh, pop culture. Maybe some video games. That too. All the things. The things. The stuff and things. All of the stuff and the things on Midnight Local. Let's get to it. Today, we're going to talk about Barbarian. Came out September 9th, 2022. Uh, let's see here. It's got uh, written and directed by Zach Kreger. Guy is a founding member of The Whitest Kids You Know. Yeah, so it's comedy troupe, yeah? Oh, yeah, they're a great improv troupe. They had a fantastic show. Did you Some of my favorite bits. Yeah, I've never, I'm completely unfamiliar. Oh, no, that's a shame. You should see them. They're okay. great. They're fantastic. And unfortunately, and I forgot his name, Trevor. Where? Trevor uh, died recently. He was the other half of the Oh, of shit. The yeah, Where can I find their stuff? I don't know. You can check realgood.com, which is not a sponsor. but I, I can Google it, right? Yeah, but no, but I, this is a thing people should know about. Realgood.com will tell you where a thing is available streaming. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's fantastically useful. And you can even like, if you wanted to, you can create an account that'll track all of your streaming services. And you can just like know where things are available, which is super handy. We're two minutes into this episode. You've already changed my life. I, it's my job. I'm a life changer. <laughs> I'm thinking about starting a job as a life coach. And it's uh, that's a, I'm just going to tell you, hi, I'm a huckster and I'll also be your life coach that if would, you pay me. <laughs> Greg as a life coach would be a unique experience. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of. <sighs> that's 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 a show. Greg yes, it, the well, life coach is its own show. This is so off topic, all <laughs> fucking ready. Have you ever seen Gary and Me? Nope. My Life with Busey, I think Sh it was called. Should I put it on the list? It was a rea early reality show. It's peak fever dream TV. My Life with mm. Busey. It was oh, about God. Gary Busey being this guy's life coach. Wow. It was, exactly. It was that. It wow. was that. Included great pieces of advice such as, don't forget, your friends are only enemies in reverse. And you've got to chug this two gallons of milk in order to prove to me that you're ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch that, actually. It, it's super good. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> it was like late 90s or early 2000s. I think it was on Comedy Central and it was truly unhinged. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Anyway, uh, back to the topic. We're talking about Barbarian. What did it, when did it come out, Meredith? Uh, September 9th, 2022. Written and directed by Zach Kreger, founding member of The Whitest Kids You Know. Unbelievable, the awesome improv comedy troupe that I I think I've been told, I've never checked this, was from our alma mater, SVA. My mind's blown. I Did he go to SVA? They did, yeah. I think that's, that's what I've been told. That might be a bullshit. Yeah. Correct me in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I, I will be looking that up for, for certain. Stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long, and then other people whose names I, I do not recognize. I think it's notable Matthew Patrick Davis <laughs> I was gonna say as the mother and Richard Brake. Uh, Brake, yeah, as Frank. I think those, I mean, those are your five characters. So I just want to know why they couldn't find a woman to give the role of the mother to. I think that that's actually kind of a black mark against this movie's entire mess. In researching this, I, I, <laughs> I found out this piece of information about an hour ago and I'm processing. <laughs> you know, he's a creature actor. You know, there's so many other things to talk about with this movie. I don't even I don't even Fair know enough. if we'll get there, but Fair we'll enough. see if we circle back around. All right. Well, uh, Meredith, how you been? I've been good. I, I it was a very appropriate drive here through a very misty fog. You're trying to get pregnant do you want to talk about that <laughs> well so i'm drinking so you'll see me drinking sometimes not drinking sometimes i'm right now in a sweet spot where i'm able to drink cool uh yeah my wife and i are on a quite a journey and uh it's been wonderful so far we're a couple tries in and feeling really good about it yeah it's interesting i can't you know off topic here we go off topic should be the name of the show <laughs> By the way, yeah, cheers. Right. What are you drinking? Old fashioned? Old fashioned. Yeah, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um <laughs> no, I uh uh I always think it's funny and I always make this joke to you that like it's a shame you're not straight because then all you'd have to do is fuck up and then you could have kids yeah. easy. So we've been hearing that a lot. We've been getting a lot of like, wow. Oh, I didn't you know, invent that joke. Fuck. No, no, well, here's what we've been getting. Like, you know, my wife and I have been talking about it. Man, we work so hard not to get pregnant. You guys are working so hard to get pregnant. It's like, what? yeah, man. <laughs> Inversion of priorities. Yeah. yeah. I love my kids, but they yeah. were not uh, on purpose events. Yes. Well, great. Just that's, good times. Yeah. They that's... were rum induced. Like you say, it's it costs us about three thousand dollars a pop, so I'm very jealous. I don't think that there's I, I I'm not gonna speak for all guys, but I think it's a very common thing that like straight men will probably only ever get around like we will plan to have kids like yeah 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 someday 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 but like only ever gonna happen when it happens yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't yeah maybe I don't know like I know some couples that there is really a planning process and they work at it but sure I, I'm just saying. That's a common theme among right. straight men, not a universal. You don't have this time clock that's like, all right, I am 37 years old, so it's now oh, no. or never. When I, we found out we were having kids. I felt like I'd received a death sentence. I was so <laughs> panicked, but I'm I, I, I'm so into being a dad now. Yeah, you're a hell of a dad. My The inversion in my thinking is unreal. Yeah. And this is actually not off topic because this movie is about parents. It is. <laughs> Did you know you wanted to be a dad someday? No. No, that kicked in once you found out you were pregnant. No. 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 Once you had the kid? Yes. There it is. Yeah, pretty quickly too. <laughs> I got. I came around. No, I was in a like a doom spiral <laughs> throughout most of our first pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, bad yeah. times, bad times. You know what happened? We, I used to be an editor, Meredith, as you are well aware, but the Very audience aware. may not be. I used to be an editor. I used to edit uh, social media uh, 
sports documentaries, which is weird because I don't watch sports and uh, like advertising, like commercials and stuff like that. And we brought in another freelancer who I'd never worked with before. And it was right when I found out when I was having a kid and he was like a very disgruntled divorced man. And he was like, why don't we get drinks sometime? And I was like, sure. You know, because that's like what you do in the biz. You get drinks with people so that you can build relationships. Right. So they hire they think of you again in the future. Exactly. I mean. That's the thing. Like, by the way, if anybody's considering a, a work in media, it is who you know, but you don't need to know anybody really to get started. But you should be building a network of people, you know, as you go. You can also know people who don't like you. So it's it's that's who true. you make a good impression with. Oh, that's true. That's a good that's a good tip. That's yeah. a great tip. Uh, and, and being easy to work with. Big thing. Anyway, we went out for drinks and the entire time he was like, let me tell you something, Greg. Children will ruin your fucking life. They just destroyed my life. I love my kids, sort of, but like also I'm a miserable piece of shit and I hate my kids and my life is destroyed as a result. And maybe that soured me so much that like it turned my brain around. I was like, no, don't want to okay. be him. Yeah, because I was going to say it's I, when you said soured me, I thought you were going to say like freaked you out. But you you mentioned this moment a lot and you <laughs> strongly disagree like you hated that piece of it and not advice but like it really turned you into a guy who was like i'm not gonna be that dad yeah exactly i made a very conscious decision to not be that dad this movie opens it's raining we're in detroit and tess our intrepid heroine is arriving outside of the airbnb slash home away we find out it's both of those things. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It's it's raining before the first shot even opens, so they really want you to know. Is it raining know. in the sound design? It's it's raining over the opening title card. Oh wow! So they want you to know it's fucking raining. It's fucking raining. Fucking because that is raining. Her entire reasoning for everything she does for the next twenty minutes. <sighs> so difficult for me to believe that rain could be this much of a plot motivator. Uh, they tried this once before in a movie called Hard Rain with Christian Slater, and it did not perform well uh <laughs> i mean these people are from la so maybe maybe we're just oh, that's a good point i never considered that that like for people who are writing movies from la rain is an apocalyptic like, holy shit I... <laughs> that's fantastic yeah so she shows up and bill skarsgård is in the airbnb that she's going to use and she stays <laughs> it's it's worse than that she goes back out to her car is trying to figure out what to do next a light comes on in the house and her oh, decision yeah. is to reapproach the house and see what's going on yeah for real i never even thought about that either like you mm -hmm. wouldn't all right i'm getting the fuck out of here well or like maybe the owners are home do you want to confront them do you think that I'd call they're gonna the she tries, but there she doesn't yeah. have an owner's number. Right. She's got a management company's number and they don't answer. So I've only stayed in an Airbnb once and it was arranged wow. by someone else. Yeah. Okay. I'm not into uh I I purposely, to the extent that I'm able to, I avoid the disruptor economy. Uh -huh. Like I don't think hotels are like real like As a YouTuber, you famously avoid the disruptor economy. I never thought about that. <laughs> I am a, I'm a TV disruptor. <laughs> yeah, but TV was disrupted way before I. Sure. Yeah. Got, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Like, hold on now. Hold on now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't blame cord cutting on me. Fuck you. <laughs> I just thought it was worth a mention. Maybe. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but like the um, uh, yeah. No, I just do because like I, anytime like Airbnb is a disruptor to the hotel economy. You know, hotels like pay like they're not great jobs but they do create jobs like airbnb only destroys jobs like that is uber true. only the existence of uber for example is to bypass 
taxi drivers unions. Okay. That's what it's yeah. for. And like Airbnb is to bypass, you know, hotel and, and uh, hospitality unions. It's an anti-union move. I don't support them. Sure. At, at its best, you're giving people. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's also downsides to this, but you're giving people an opportunity to capitalize on their properties. However, you're also encouraging people who have wealth to buy many properties so that other people can. Which is what our. Or, one of our antagonists in this film is all about. Right. Yeah. We're so we get we're there. Well, I, I wasn't even thinking about that yet, but yes, it definitely plays in. Anyway, long story short, Tess decides to stay at the Airbnb that is already occupied. She meets Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård, famously a demonic clown from another dimension. Uh, I don't understand how you look at Bill Skarsgård and no matter how much he sweets talks, you decide to stay. I think he's a very nice man in real life, but I'm, I'm going to look at him. I'm going to run. I'm not right. comfortable. So his character's name is Keith. I am going to refer to him as creepy dude level one. Ooh, level one creepy dude. I like that. This is yes. This is going to play in later, but uh, I will refer to Tess as Tess because I'm not particularly familiar with that actress. Uh, so on a, yeah, I actually looked level. this up. But Bill Skarsgård, I am. So I'm going to keep calling him. Bill sure, Skarsgård. yeah. Uh, she she was in that Black Mirror episode that everyone loved, where like the, oh, the two girls are uh, Junipero. Yes, that's I the one. I never saw that episode, and I've only seen like season one of Black Mirror. Yeah. And uh, I, but I am familiar with the existence of Junipero because it was all the buzz. Well, that's what that was what they put up for their Emmys that year, and it was yeah, it was the oh. one that got the most writing about it. I think. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, so the ladies, I, lady loving lady in that one. So caught my attention. Is it good? Is it hot? <laughs> you know, it's been years since I've watched it. I don't think you'd like it. Yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't like anything, though. That's like a true fact about me. I am very hard to please when it comes to movies and TV. You are hard to please with movies. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. I am. What? What? <laughs> Okay. What <laughs> in general, what displeases you and what pleases you about movies? Uh I it's a big question. But. So as you know, we both went to film school at the school of visual arts. And I'm a little bit tipsy. I can't feel my face like Spicoli. Um <laughs> my face is buzzing. My face is buzzing. My mouth is a little soft and dry. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And like when you first go to film school, uh, one of the things that really like I think a lot of people struggle with initially. Well, one, they tell you that dialogue is bad, which at first is like what well, that's crazy talk. But secondly, you find out that like when you say, hey, I didn't like this. It didn't work for me. You'll get a very angry response from your instructors like, well, yeah, that's useless fucking information. I need to know why it didn't work for you. And so I really burned that into my soul. And so I deeply like, and it's not like people accuse me of saying, oh, Greg, you just look for things to hate. No, what happens is I instinctually like I didn't like this. And then 
I'm not allowed to just not like it. I have to analyze the living shit out of it until I have a really good answer as to why I don't like it. And actually, uh, Meredith, uh, who is not my wife? This is something I'm going to explain. I'm always going to preface you as, as suffix you as being not my wife. That's, did you notice that's my Twitter handle now? Not Greg's wife. Not. Oh, I didn't notice that. I, did, I changed it. <laughs> no, but one of the great things about Mrs. Had a Drink, uh, and I'll never reveal her name on this show if I can help it, because uh, she prefers to be anonymous, is that she is really good at explaining to me what I didn't like about something. Uh, this may be one of that, and also our love of living with the land at Walt Disney World. Yeah, it's probably the two things we bond. Most I might over. need. To I might need to have dinner with her at some point and just to specifically get some insights without but we'll me? see. Yeah, because we, we've all had dinner. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like you want a girl's I, night. Yeah, I want some of her insights as to what why you don't like things. Maybe we'll see. We'll see if I can figure well, it I'm out. I'm going to tell you why. The same conclusion. I, OK, so I have a hard time with uh, dialogue and human interactions that for me require suspension of disbelief. Like people love the movie Brazil. Mm. But the entire plot, Terry Gilliam. yeah, Terry Gilliam, it is stylistic. It is beautiful. I like Terry's sensibilities a lot. It's a really fun movie and it's a really, it's got some cool fucking shit in that movie. However, the plot of that movie hinges on a character being very British and thus tongue tied and unable to communicate anything for about 45 minutes of the movie. He spends 45 minutes of it going, uh, just what, uh, excuse me, what, uh, well, if you just, uh, and I can't get fucking behind that. Like, that is a, a leap of suspension of disbelief that I just like, I, this can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. It turns me off in a way that, like, Oh, it's so hard for me to get into. That's an interesting example. Yeah, I'd have to revisit. I haven't seen Brazil probably since I was in high school. Fair enough. Actually, but uh, it's but real people talk like that. So disbelief they being they don't stutter over their words and they, have trouble for forty five minutes be okay. unable to communicate. I'm not joking without someone trying to help them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forty five yeah, minutes okay. he's stuck in this truck being driven by an angry lady, uh, and. I, I and also like I need there to be real stakes. I need verisimilitude. I need a a large lack of exposition. Heavy-handed exposition really turns me off. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, I need a movie that can. I'm sorry, to, to, no, I don't want to cut you off. Get, get, get through. Get get through your. I, your I like movies that respect my. In, this sounds very highfalutin. Let me put it this way. I like movies that respect the audience's intelligence, the ability of the audience to connect dots. I like movies that don't rely on dialogue to speak exactly what a character is feeling into the air. I want to be able to read that. I want to be able to find that out. I want a movie. I want TV shows that reward me for paying attention. You know, things like uh, Game of Thrones. It does not reward you, for example. And I'm not talking about I haven't seen Dance with. Dance of Dragons or uh, House, House of, of Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, about, House. about the Dance of Dragons, which is from the books. But it's House of Dragon. Uh, I haven't seen that, so I can't speak to that. But Game of Thrones does not really reward you for thinking about or closely analyzing the show because, like, you could say, oh, well, this character is like that and they're thinking about doing this. And so the way that I would that the way that that character would do that is this. And then in the next episode, you find out, nope, they're doing this other crazy thing. Like, it's just like it rewards you for thinking nothing about the show. I don't like that. Yeah, I hear you. I grew up on musicals. Okay. And not to say that that's like the cotton candy. I don't know why I'm coming to cotton candy. Cotton candy. Just like the, the the candy of entertainment. I think, you know, I, I still love musicals to this day. 
But uh, movies for me were entertainment, were escapism, were joy. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I went to film school. I got into college. I, I'll never forget the the question, the infamous first day question. What's your favorite movie? And watching all of these film students one what after another say like eight and a half, which like yeah. no, no 19 year old understands yeah. Fellini's eight and a half, I, I by the way. Eight, it was eight and a half. This was the bicycle our, thief, uh, bicycle, our generation of film, right? Eight and a half bicycle thief. Um, people forget about this one. But uh, what was crash and oh, crash? Crash Weird. and what was the one sure. uh ounces about the the where the, the I don't I never saw that one but where the guy dies and you find out there's sixteen ounces missing that, from the body isn't that part of Crash? Oh, no. yeah, that is Crash. I know what you're talking about. It's like six yeah. ounces, six and a half ounces. That was that was when we were in that and anything Wes Anderson, Wes and Anderson, anyth- uh, Tarantino. No, and then what was the other one? There was another one that was super popular, and I I am trying to remember it now, but it was like it spoke to so many people in our generation at films. Oh, Fight Club. No, that was more when I was in high school. I am the generation of oh, angry young men who misinterpreted Fight Club. I, I was, was told as a woman in high school that I could never understand Fight Club and it wasn't for me. Yeah, it's actually an <laughs> allegory about being a gay man and in a straight man's world. Uh, huh. uh, yeah, it was maybe re- we should get there someday. We should get I, there. I like that. I, I, I appreciate but Fight Club. But when I watched it, I was in junior ROTC hanging out with some very, very angry young right wing dudes and finding out that I didn't want to hang out with them anymore. And uh, we were they were they were getting the wrong message from that movie. (laughs) Uh, So I am very much at the very center of the generation of angry young men who misinterpreted that movie. I want to point out to the uh, listening audience, the viewing audience out there that I have resolved all of my demons and I am no longer all of them. All of my demons are out of my body. I I am a perfect man. I've been perfected and I no longer (laughs) am angry young man. I am now a apathetic middle aged man. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Citizen Kane always made it onto some people's list but that's the ones that you know they were just what was yours what was yours yeah so so it got to me and I, I i was i was just drawing a complete blank i don't do well in these like and now you situations right so i had been in kansas with my cousin uh it wasn't social anxiety it's just like what every answer was bullshit in my brain yeah. even if it was a movie i loved it just felt like bullshit in my brain yeah. so i just listed the movie i had seen most recently which at that moment <laughs> was Mean Girls. That's uh, a good answer. It, you know, it turns out over the years, it's gotten to be a better and yep. better answer. Yep. Uh, but my point was just like, it's the movie that is forefront in my brain because I watched it more recently and I would watch it again. So I'll just go with it. That's a great movie. Yeah. I always give the answer. My stock answer for favorite movie is pretty pretentious. It's Sunset Boulevard. It's a good one. Now, mine, mine, now that I've had to think about it over the years, it's Fried Green Tomatoes. Beautiful film. Love that I movie. love the I love the way that movie looks. I haven't seen it yeah. since I was like eleven, and I've never seen Mean Girls. So maybe we can do it on the show. <laughs> that would be awesome. But uh, <laughs> but I think I mean, like I know all the memes, right? Like they're so everywhere. But I also want to say that the movie that was most influential on me is anything by James Cameron, like Aliens. Okay. I, I think Aliens and Terminator Two. I saw Terminator Two in the theater. I was seven years old when that came out. I okay. Think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe I was a little older than seven, but whatever. I was like not ready for rated R movies. Well, that's gonna be a th- that's that's a theme on the show is movies that Greg watched that he was not old enough for. Greg was allowed to raise himself to a degree that uh, modern generations might call child abuse. Uh, yeah, my first James Cameron was The Abyss. I saw that in the theater when it came out. Sure. Well, that one's that was more tame. A little bit. Yeah, very yeah. much. The, the aliens are nice. They are. Yeah. The bad people are the Navy SEALs. Right. And I saw it 
But it also, have you, did you, when you, this is, we are a million miles from our topic. We were going to get to this. We were like, we're going to get in. We're going to start yeah, talking I about know. the movie. Yeah, I know. We had a plan to make this show tight. This, is a, not this, tight. Is, this isn't bad. This, this is fine. This is nice. So The Abyss, when it came out, there was a theatrical cut where James Cameron wasn't done with it. James Cameron, by the way, is a brilliant director, whatever you may think of him. He's a genius. I'm a hard agree there. He's, he's an, a masterful director and filmmaker. But, um, the that movie came out and he was not allowed to finish it. He just had to go with it. And there was no third act. And so the director's cut is completely different. Did mm. you see the one where the giant standing tidal wave where it was like threatening the whole you world? You told me this once. I haven't ever seen it. No. Oh, but you got to see the You've described cut. this to me before. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. The director's cut of Aliens is worse. The the theatrical cut is better, in my opinion. A lot of dudes love the director's cut because it has like automatic, like has fancy machine guns in it. Okay. Uh, but like the director's cut of The Abyss is way better. We got to do the abyss because I know so many things about that I movie. I haven't seen it in so many years. And again, in contrast to you, I wasn't allowed to watch anything growing up that wasn't appropriate. But oh no, I was left. To my, I was like Greg was seven years old, eight years old, nine years old. Yeah. Hey Greg, here's a can of WD forty, a lighter, and some fireworks. Don't kill yourself. I love that. That was. <laughs> I was. Uh, please don't let Meredith uh, be a crosswalker in the back of the school because no one can see her there, and surely she will get abducted. Well, that yeah. That might no. But there's other kids stood there. I, just, I, I wasn't allowed to. I had to be in the front of right. the school where I could be seen at all times. Yeah, all of those fears were really. There was like a guy who he recently said like, "Yeah, I was lying." But he, the all of those fears of like rampant abductions and also the satanic panic, he like just made up a number about how many kids were disappearing every year in the 80s and mm -hmm. it was a made up number it was like it was like eighty thousand children a year go missing so there was an oprah episode about how never go to the second location well that's I, probably this true was like, this was a yearly watch in my house love it i also have another here hold on to my wrist okay like you like you're, you're abducting me towards the thumb yeah, hey, you like that? That's from Oprah. Meredith, I'm not going to abduct you by holding onto your wrist. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm going to sneak up from behind you with a crowbar, wrap it around your throat, and drag you into an alley. That's yeah. what I did when I used to be an abductor. But if, you, but if you were to grab me by the wrist, I know how to get free. Yeah, that's uh, when I was a kid. My parent, my dad had a VHS of this thing called Strong Kids, Safe Kids that uh, mainly starred Henry Winkler. And they taught kids not to scream for help when, uh, you know, the bad guy came to put you in a van, but to make this crazy sound. And the reason you don't scream for help is because it sounds like kids are playing. Kids might yell, help, help, because they're playing like, you know, fire department or something on the playground. Sure. But the sound they taught us to make was, oh. Foghorn. Yeah. Just do that again and again and again, because apparently that would bring help. That was what Henry Winkler taught me, the Fonz. And he was the Fonz in it. That's another interesting point. The Fonz, very relevant to me because I saw some reruns of Happy Days as a child. Oh, I kind of love this conversation. Once but... in a while, my dad be like, you got to watch Strong Kids, Safe Kids again. Here we go. Right, so here we are. I'm going to transition us. Are you ready? Let's turn this ship around for the love of God. Speaking of stranger danger, Greg. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's get into <laughs> Barbarian. So we already started this. Tess, 
She's in the car. She arrives at the Airbnb. It's raining. Bill Skarsgård is in there. And after a bit of cajoling, she decides, okay, fine, I'll stay. Yeah. So here here we are at a, at a threshold. You are a man. I am a woman. As yeah. a man in this situation, what do you do? I'd be fucking creeped out. Okay. I've so I want to say like I've I've heard from some people online because I briefly voiced <laughs> a negative opinion of this movie. And you deleted, deleted it. it. Oh, I'm shocked yeah. you deleted it. No, no. Was no. it bad? I delete mad. a lot. No, but I delete a lot of tweets. Okay. All right, I got it. I delete a lot of tweets. I'm an editor. I I'm also a drinker, so I have to delete a lot of <laughs> tweets. Uh, <laughs> See, I don't have enough followers yet to delete tweets. I'm no, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see if anyone it's digs different. deep enough it's different. to find it. You get it that someday. check mark and shit. You got to delete those tweets. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, no, 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 no. Mama ContraPoints told me it was okay to delete tweets. To delete <laughs> tweets is divine, she says. Uh, no, but like, yeah, I was told, I was informed uh, that like, Greg, you just don't, you're not familiar with the female experience of being in a place you can't leave and like, you know, and being uncomfortable. And like, for first off, I've been many places that I wanted to leave and couldn't. And I understand that there's a different context there. But secondly, she could fucking leave. There were people say as if she's in a place she cannot leave. She walked in on her own and could have walked right out. You have gas in your fucking car. <laughs> All right, thank you for saying that because I don't want to be a massage. No, I've not. No, I. You know the reason I asked this question is I like, you know I, I'm more into his nice guy shit. He has this line where he says, "What do I look like a monster?" Yes. And, <laughs> and he's Bill Skarsgård. It's so it misses the point. So hard. Did did uh did Ted Bundy look like a, a monster? Like historic, like famously not. Meredith, he is a uh he's a privileged guy, which is true. And sure. he just doesn't understand that the what he's saying doesn't help right. his so, point. And I think that's part of playing I, devil's I, like, advocate here. It, in best it, at its best, like that's what it's trying to get across, right? He's trying to be nice. You're safer in here. Yeah. You're it's a dangerous place out there, all of right. this. But that's why, like, my question is like, you as a dude. Do you do what he did or do you say, hey, why don't uh, why don't we both go somewhere and try and figure this out for a little while? Like, what are the other options? That's a great one. Let's go to a coffee house. That would not occur to me. Sitting Um, in a diner all night is all I could think. If I'm her, I'm sitting in a diner all night. However. I don't want to defend her here. She does have a job interview in the morning that she's taking very seriously. I mean, I've, I've like. Counterpoint. It's a job interview working as a research assistant for a documentary director, I think personally showing up and saying, sorry, I haven't slept, but this crazy story happened to me gets you the job every time. I Now I have a guy we can interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, well, so let's say she never meets that guy because she never goes in, sits in a diner all night. I already know before I even enter in that house, I'm up all night either way. I'm either sitting on right. the edge of a bed in an right. unsafe situation or I'm sitting in a diner where I can have coffee. So first off, I got to say, not, and I don't want, to say, hey, me too. But the idea that women can't make men uncomfortable, it's not nearly like, I'm sure it's often, often for women. I have experienced a few times when women have made me uncomfortable. Uh, but also I might be kind of unique in that like I have a public persona and, you know, but so built on he. parasocial relationships. <laughs> They've built into this story that he does as well. What did you think he was? Because he was like a founding member of the, what, the animals or something? So what's the, you the did lion's the, den. You did this, the, the seltzer, the sacred seltzer, right? Yeah. I 
forgot that he was part of a group like, oh, like that. an artist community mm-hmm. uh mrs had a drink thought he was in a band i thought he was like a founding member of like a commune like an anarchist collective oh, okay because they were looking for new places to expand into he says something about being an artist though, like I a, felt yeah maybe like, well he would be though but like you could be an artist and also an anarchist also he, true yeah yeah i think he was like running like a well part of a uh, an autonomous self-organizing community within the city of Detroit. Which, yeah, he says they're squatting, which makes sense for oh, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, Detroit needs that, by right, the way. Sure. If anarchists wanted to take over Detroit, it would be a huge improvement, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that'd be great. I don't really know anything about Detroit, so take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, I'm generally speaking, generally speaking, Greg from How to Drink is pro-autonomous self-organizing communities. <laughs> um, but yeah, especially if they're non-hierarchical. But the... Uh, 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 I don't think she needed to stay there. Have you been on a road trip in ever? Yes. Okay. My wife and I went on one together. So way Two down, women on a road trip. So the, the premise here is that in Detroit, there is a doctor's convention. There's no hotel rooms. First off, she just takes Bill's word for that. Uh, but secondly, like, yeah, fine. Drive 10 minutes out of the city. Drive around the airport. There's going to be a motel somewhere, a shitty one, where you can lock your own door. <laughs> And it might even only be like 40 bucks a night. I've stayed in places like that. They suck, yeah. but you can stay there. So Rachel and I drive to Texas a lot because her family lives there. I uh, drive to Florida a lot because I cannot fly. Right. <laughs> so on a on a recent. And we, yeah, we have a we do it. We, we can fly, but we have a dog and we usually choose to bring him along. So I just want you to know that as a non flyer, I despise you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I I. I think about this a lot, actually. I hate your freedom. <laughs> let's get you. Let's get you hypnotized, Greg. I went to Freedom to Fly, which is supposedly the greatest like overcome your fear of flying program in the country. The New York Times has done profiles on it. Uh, there was a big waiting list. I had to pay a lot of money to get into it. And two sessions in, uh, the therapist said to me, "Oh my God, no, uh, no, 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 no. You, you." don't have an irrational fear of flying you have post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. i can't help you who told you we could help you we can't help you <laughs> they the only end. handle one type of fear well in fairness it is i mean he's he's not wrong like i probably need to go see another kind of therapist but you know like most white men uh might straight men i'll do anything to avoid therapy as is the, that true that's what tiktok tells me that's what tiktok tells me all the time i think you'd like therapy i have been to therapy yeah they don't talk back. They just ask about you. I have a thought about therapy. I talk back. I know a little bit about therapy. That's true. That's fine. <laughs> what what I know about therapy from being in therapy and from talking to people who are therapists is that everything uh, a modern therapist, they're all behavioral, right? Everything a modern therapist, unless you're going to like a witch doctor, like some, uh, uh, who's the guy who invented psychiatry? psychology are you talking about freud freud, freud. Okay. unless you're going to like a freudian analyst right who's just gonna be like here's what your dreams mean um unless you're in quote analysis you're you're seeing probably a a, a behavioral therapist they're gonna say what do you want to change about yourself and you're gonna say this and you say okay we're gonna work on that and then everything that that therapist tells you from that moment forward is designed to change that behavior and is just for your ears and not transferable to any other person on TikTok. You cannot tell people on TikTok things you heard in therapy and apply it to their life because it was made up on the spot just for you. That's how therapy works. So uh, that's just like an important PSA for the TikTok people. (laughs) So she's there. She doesn't leave. She stays because it's raining because there might not be a hotel available. Bill Skarsgård gives her so many reasons to leave. So many reasons to leave. He pours that wine 
hey. Well, first it's the tea, which she rejects. Right. So uh, part of my problem here is like what we've built is this is a smart woman. We're telling you. Yes. We're going to tell you. This is a smart woman. Yeah. She's not dumb. But nothing in her actions match that. They're just telling you. Here we go. This This is is, a smart woman. This is a key. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a thing I can't deal with in movies and TV. Movies and TV. When you when the when the 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 narrative quote narrative says, hey, smart character. Hey, this character is this. But then their actions defy all of that. Yo, man, what up? And like, I'm going to relate this back to Game of Thrones because it's always at the top of my mind. Game of Thrones. I think it's like episode two or three. Uh, We've got. Littlefinger, we've got Cersei Lannister on the streets. Littlefinger is the plotter. He's the plotter in the books. And I understand books is an adaptation, you know, TV is an adaptation. But like, this is not a guy who's dumb enough to telegraph his moves. What does he say to Cersei Lannister on the street? He says, knowledge is power. And then Cersei Lannister says, kill him and has her guards hold swords to her throat and says, no, Little finger, power is power. And then she lets him go. Cersei Lannister, if you read the books, is the most impulsive, fucking dangerous, not particularly intelligent, deadly motherfucker on the planet. If she thought, and he was implying, for example, that I know your children are bastards and are not the true heir to the throne, she would have killed him on the spot. Would have killed him on the spot. And also further, Littlefinger would have never said that in a million years because he's a good plotter. He's a good schemer. So just let him be a good schemer. Let him be a good schemer. Don't say it out loud. Let the audience wonder who's doing all this. But how do they tell you that, Greg? They don't need to tell you shit. You know, like that just drives me fucking nuts. Anyway, let smart characters be smart. And I want to leave space here for, you know, I was a 20 something in New York City. I have definitely had people in my apartment, had roommates let people in my apartment that should not be there. People exist who would make this decision. They've told me that she's not one of them. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm not Wait saying- Wait a second. Are, do people really though? I'm, I'm sorry, Meredith. Letting people into your apartment, that's your turf, you know, and you know they're going to leave. Like, I truly don't believe that people exist who can breathe at a regular interval that would show up at a house, a be it Airbnb that was occupied and say, I'm going to stay here anyway. So I do like I, I certainly do. I, I have friends who are adventurers who do all sorts of road trips who have met their best friends in situations like this. Right. It's this epic story. Ugh. And like, you but know, she's not into it. She's uncomfortable. Right. She's not this character. That's what I'm saying. I I will give to the story that characters like this exist. I don't believe she's one of them. I think the character who exists like that is used to backpacking across Europe, staying in That's hostels. Correct. And then when Bill is like, uh, why don't we both stay here? She's going to say, I have some ecstasy we could share. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you were right. So I can leave space for for this being possible. You haven't written me a story where this is possible. Yeah, I agree. I That's my objection too, right? Like, so she stays the night she goes to the interview. Sounds- one more thing here. She oh. calls no one. She texts no oh, one. Yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't tell post anybody on where social she is. media. She's got her boyfriend hey, I'm calling with her. This creep. Which ex boyfriend? Ex boyfriend. Well, no, back and forth, on and off, boyfriend. She- I give her the credit that she broke it off and he's pursuing her. But she knows. She says he. She tells him she can't. She tells him this is her problem. Her problem is she can't let these bad guys go. She always has to sweep in and save them, which sets up oh, everything she does from here on out. That- 
Something to that effect. Okay. If we want to go find it, it's in there. She's sitting on the couch with them. They've had a couple drinks. Okay. She says, this is her flaw, right? That is a flaw. So she's been avoiding <laughs> this call <laughs> and avoiding her phone. So I'm like, okay, maybe her parents, maybe she doesn't have family. I don't, I want to make space for that. Maybe she doesn't, she's moved. She doesn't have any friends nearby. I can make space for that. You're going to post to social media. Craziest thing just happened. I'm or, in this Airbnb. Or girlfriend. Anything. Y'all just got something girlfriends. like, I could say that like I had roommates bring people home and stuff. Usually the instinct is. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Let's let, I'm not going to go down that road. But what do you mean? Wait, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. you can't do that. Well, I'm not going to say that, like, you know, everyone that was brought back to my apartment, I like telegraphed like I'm at my apartment with an uh, with a with a stranger. Yeah, listen, Meredith, <laughs> you don't need to own these statements, but it's good advice. And she's supposed to be smart. To, yeah. Like, you would let someone know I'm in a dangerous situation. Maybe maybe you should like just be aware, especially like we we're old. Oh, yeah. This advice wasn't out there when people were strange and staying at your apartment. This is a thing people talk about. The ladies on the Twitter and the tick they tell the ladies on the Twitter and the tick do that. Right. You got to do that. You got to let a, fe- a friend know where you're at. So nothing to this point. I, all I'm doing watching this movie <laughs> to this point is leapfrogging over my excuses as to why. Yes. Okay, I'm going to get make it past this minute. All right, I'll make an excuse for this moment. But I am just hating myself with every second of watching this movie. Baby, 100%. Up at this movie, the first act of this movie, which I have been told numerous times, Greg, you just, you can't relate to the female experience of being trapped in a place with a guy that makes you uncomfortable. One, she wasn't trapped. Two, fair enough. But three, this entire first act of the movie strained my suspension of disbelief which is my main pet peeve about film to its absolute breaking point. I, and I was willing, I really was, I wanted to like this movie. I was willing and I like, let it do that. Right? Like I used every little ounce, every little inch of suspension and disbelief to say, well, the show, this movie, they just, they need her to stay there. They need right. it. it they has need to her to find a secret mm-hmm. door in the basement. They need her to want to go into the secret door in the basement. They Which ne- none of this has to do with that, by the way. This, none of this gets you there. None of uh, Bill? None of the yeah. creepy situation with Bill? No. Fair enough. Fair enough. So like. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't go in there because of anything to do with Bill. She just goes in there. Right. She could be in that house completely on her own and still end up in the basement. I need to save these bad dudes has nothing to do with her going through that secret door. And let's point out the fact that there is a fucking secret door in the basement. She finds a secret door. There's a rope. She pulls it. Oh, my God. There's a secret door. Meredith, I am running out the front door of that house. I just so that the Internet is clear. Well, she's white straight dude. I'm fucking done. I'm yeah, out of that house. You're out, you're out. Well, she gets locked in the basement before she. Well, nope. should we get there? Oh, she because she does get locked in the basement. You're right. She. So before we even get there, is there more? There is. So she gets into the. They. They. He disarms her. There's a disarming moment, right? She's drinking. They become friends. They're, they become friends. She finds out we're allies. He's now the sheets have been done drying in the dryer. We're gonna put them on the bed. She says, "No, I can do it on my own." He works his way into the bedroom red flags everywhere right oh i didn't notice him in the bedroom okay so he's doing his whole funny thing putting the sheet on this is how we put the sheets Listen, on the bed in fairness oh yeah no no no. that first off wait a second that was a duvet we have to talk about bed linens in oh, proper context we? yeah no no that was a duvet i know a lot are you of, a duvet person no i hate them fuck yeah but i know them because i worked 
for eight hours at Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> eight whole hours. <laughs> that is actually a job of yours that I was unaware of. Uh, me too. I always forget about some of my. I've had a lot of jobs, some of them for such a short period of time that I don't remember them until it becomes relevant. But yeah, for eight hours, I worked at Bed Bath and Beyond. So the moment that that Zach creates here actually I think is like really cool right because he's yeah. just he's lingering yes and she knows he's lingering yes and but they're, they've you know it's it's this moment of like I don't want to create a confrontation because now I like you and and we're having fun and things are good but like oh it's this uncomfortable moment that like in any other context I'm like you did a great job with this moment I, I like this moment I gotta say I gotta put this in there. there's a big pin here right we're not idiots Right. Are you an idiot, Meredith? No. You speak film language. <laughs> yes. Have you seen a movie? Yes. Is Bill Skarsgård's character the biggest, most obvious red herring since the character red herring right. on yeah, a pup right. named Scooby-Doo? Yes, absolutely. He is. So you uh, have like, no, as an audience member, you are the twist would be if this dude turned out to be the bad guy. Right. That would be the twist. I was thinking there's something. So the tagline of this movie, which I think is worth noting, is come for a night, stay forever. So I'm playing Ooh. with this idea that like there is some cult or something underground that he is supposed to lure her into. You could check out anytime you want, but you can never leave at and the then Hotel California. Create like a new ambassador that sucks people into this group, right? That's where I'm going. Yeah. That's the red herring that sure. I'm getting. So I have to say like at that moment as a woman, like, I don't think you're sleeping that night at all. Even if she was disarmed, had a couple drinks, was feeling pretty good. Like you took away any sheen of safety that you feel. Yeah. You're sitting up all night. You're waiting for the second the sun comes up. You're packing your bag. You're getting in your car. She goes back for a second fucking night. That was when I, I nearly walked out of the theater. You she, told me that this first act was insulting. I mean, <laughs> so she gets through the night. Oh. <gasps> Everyone sighs a sigh of relief. She okay. So now we're supposed to believe she falls asleep hard enough, yeah, hard enough that she misses her alarm. So she has to rush out without packing her bags. I, a man, is this what's happening? Think about this, but go on. So she rushes out without packing her bags that you never would have unpacked in the first place in this situation, and so she goes to her interview. Her interviewer, another woman, tells her, "Girl." No, don't go there. Out of there. I'm offering you help. I am a person that you can, if you had no one to call last night, if you have no social media that works, I am now a person that can help you. And she says, nah, I'm good. This guy's cute. I'm going back. Did she say he was cute? No, but she's looking at his social media. He leaves her a note that's like, see you tonight. And she's driving back to that house. And I was like, everything that happens to you, I'm going to get shit on for this. Is now your fault. <laughs> can I be a can I play devil's advocate right here? Please. Are you just being a misogynist against the straight gals out there? Is Bill cute? I can't, I'm not qualified to answer that question. Sure. Oh, are the Scars Card boys are very attractive. Oh, they are. All three of them, I think. To a Even, lesbian. Y- yeah. <laughs> yes. I have I've what I've, about Daddy Scarsgard? I've done both sides, so oh, I, enough, I, enough, I, I have some. I have some credibility on the matter. You do. You have all the credibility. I have none. What about Daddy Scarsgard? Which one's Daddy Scarsgard? Stellan. Oh, I, I'm not as familiar. You're not familiar with the generational. No. But I oh, think, like, dude. Uh, Alex is like a, is an ideal male for me. I think he's beautiful. Oh, wow, that's like a very male male. Well, I'm Swedish, so there's something in my blood that likes that. Like, you know. That one of the microphone pointing at you. Yeah, fair enough. This is actually much more comfortable. Oh, for sure. Thank you, Greg. You're welcome. (laughs) 
I mansplained microphones too. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, bad movie, King Arthur, but Stellan, the best thing about that movie, and which makes it actually really fun to watch, is Stellan Skarsgård plays one of the most brutal fucking Viking or Saxon warlords I've ever seen in okay. my life. Uh, he's a great actor and his kids are uh, okie dokie actors. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. No, they're good. They're good. I mean, I'm like, being a jerk. What's, what's the one in this one? What's his name? Bill. Bill. So Bill Billy is. Billy Boy Sky's God. Bill's the more creepy looking of the bunch, I think, which is why he's played Pennywise. He was an it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, he's got this, the horror guy look. He was also in, uh, what was that show on Netflix? He was on like some horror show on Netflix. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not aware. Oh, dude, man. Oh, my God. That show was bananas. Oh, no. <laughs> Some real wackadoo, like, off the rails shit. Yeah. But, like, he knows what she's working on. They connect immediately. Yeah. There's stuff they're talking about. He seems like a normal dude. A he normal can explain dude. what he's doing there. It's all, like. Wait a minute, though. I just want to back that up, too. He can explain what he's doing there. He lives in Detroit. Right. So he can go home. Why the fuck does he need to stay at this Airbnb to scout out the neighborhood? He could just go home. He could have just done a drive through. He could have just said, this is a fuck situation. I'm so sorry you're dealing with and gone the fuck home. Yeah, he could have. You never even thought about that. No. I saw that look. I just thought about it now. I just thought about it. Fuck this. Anyway. And that's alcohol leading to <laughs> revelations you never knew you could have. <laughs> Jesus. So I've thought a lot about. So first of all, I, we're getting through the first act here. You know, she goes back Taking to the house. I'm doing it too. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that's kind of it. Well, you know, that's kind of it. You you we, we cut we cut away to to Justin Long. We're in act two. But like this right. is so to wrap up our thoughts on act one. Well, wait, we haven't wrapped up Act 1. Okay, keep going then. Yeah, we got to get to the fact that they go down into the pit. Right. She keeps pushing further. Well, the guy chases her into the house. All right, wait. There's one thing I want to point out here. I know you missed this. Everybody missed this. I'm All the right. only person who saw this. She finds the terrifying trauma room in the pit with the camera. Did you take a look at that tripod? <laughs> I did not. Meredith. That is a tripod straight off the grip truck. The oh, camera was too modern. Yeah, it's expensive. That was a <laughs> camera from 1983, but the tripod was a carbon fiber, 150 millimeter ball mount, fucking <laughs> Manfrotto fluid head, fucking with a with a real spreader and the serious all terrain spikes. That tripod. They needed a tripod. It came off the truck. That was the camera tripod. The backup for the shoot. That's, That's a serious tripod. <laughs> That is not the tripod that came with your VHS uh, home video recorder in 1983. I know because I was talking before about going to the backyard with fireworks and WD-40 and flamethrowers to make a little. But what I was doing was making little movies with my action figures. And I had the real 1983 tripod. It wasn't that tripod. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. That is. I did not notice that. You were absolutely right. I, I noticed it three <laughs> times in a row. And finally, I was like. Mrs. had a drink. We got to go back. Wait a minute. I just saw something. I, I got to <laughs> confirm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait a second now. What the fuck? Details being lost at this point. Yeah, I agree. Meaningless. But... Meaningless. I understand yeah. that this is not germane to the plot, but it's just something I wanted to point out. It was a little, right. a little bee in my bonnet, a little a little something to grind in my gears, something stuck in my craw. With a movie that's got a lot of things to say, she gets chased into the house by the, by the man running down the street. Also, would have been a great device to get her into the house on night one. Well, I mean, I want to know why she doesn't trust that person. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you looked around the neighborhood, you've set it up. 
you know, everyone's heart rate goes up a little bit in that moment. Is this where the danger comes in? Are we finally getting to the danger? Are you going to figure out what's going on here? Yeah. Go ahead and do that on night one. That is, though, the other plot that they're putting into this, right? Is that no one's going to believe her because she's in this part of town. Right. And she's a presumed crack addict. Yeah, but I'm going to come to that later. Yeah, we'll get there. I don't want to defend the cops, but this movie kind of forces me to. I so wrote. I so uh, yeah. I'm very interested. I uh, yes. I'm very interested to have that conversation. Probable with you. cause is the thing, and they didn't have it. Yeah. Well, it's just like they they get a well. Let's let's get there. Let's get there when we get there. So Act One, we go down to the pit. We go into the fucking pit. She sees the secret room. She did she find the tunnels? She finds the tunnels because she's locked in. She's trying to find a way out. So the reason yeah. the room is is why the, didn't she consider breaking the window? Not yet. She didn't. Why didn't she right away? Is this the difference between men and women? I'm breaking that window thing one. You locked me in that basement and I find a fucking torture room. I'm breaking the window. Well, so she now. Would you? Would you? We've established that no, no, she. No, 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 wait a minute. I want to know about you. What no, would the, you? I'm get, this is All my right, answer right, to that right, question. Right, yeah, she's right. established that she trusts this man who's coming back and she knows he's coming back. So she's waiting for him to come back. She's in no immediate danger. She's going to wait for him to come home so he'll let her out of the basement. And yet, I'm and telling you yet. flat out, she is in immediate danger because she found a secret fucking passage in the basement yeah. with a torture room. However, and you don't know if that's the only secret passage. Other people could be coming into this house. So we talked about this a lot. but like, And, and granted, I own my home. So if I found a passage in the basement, yeah. we'd go into it. But I, it's but, a hard thing to admit, but like we would. You own that home. I do own that home. Yeah, I'm a it, fucking right. renter. If I found right. a secret passage in this basement, I'm picking up my family. Yeah, sure. And I move to a fucking hotel and I call the cops. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Or at least my landlord. <laughs> I would at least call my Hey, landlord, did you know about this secret passage? Because I, oh boy, is this something. Yeah. <laughs> but so she waits him out. He does come back. So that works out. Yeah, he comes back. Sure, sure, sure. But I still maintain. out. That she should have broke the window and gotten the fuck out of that sure, window. Sure, agree. It's a window. It's a window. You'll replace it. Or, or not. Or not. Fucking yeah. A, man. You'll That's see not if my they say anything problem. about it. Yeah, exactly. Which clearly they wouldn't have. Someone, this is a situation. Someone in the neighborhood broke it. I didn't. It wasn't broken when I was there. Exactly. Yeah. This is a situation where you got to ask for forgiveness and not permission. Well, an Airbnb has insurance to cover such things. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Economy Disruptors, Airbnb. <laughs> um, no, but so she... Yeah, he comes back. But she at this point, though, she finds the deeper tunnels. She comes back and she is. No, not yet. She hasn't yet. She just finds that room. She's freaking out. All right. So she does not find the the second set of tunnels until Bill Skarsgård is with her. Um, and yet the, in they go. In they go. Well, So this is the this is where she goes to full mother. Full mother. So like. He she can't leave him. Oh, I didn't think about that. He has been in these houses. He's been exploring these houses. He's putting himself in this situation. Yeah. He goes down into the basement. Yeah. And like what she does here just makes me absolutely fucking crazy. Because this is on him. Yes. She's yeah. begging him. No, you don't need to see it. I'm telling you what's down there. It's not good. I don't want to go back down there. I want to get out of there. I just need to look. I just need to see. I just need to look. She chases him into the hole. That's how she ends up there. He is convincing her to go back down there. Yeah. There's no reason for it. No, he doesn't need to go in there at all. I don't think he'd care. I think if anything, he would 
like let say, me get you out of here. Like, let's go out to fucking dinner and get to know each other a little bit. <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's get away from here. I would immediately, my first thought when I see that room with the camera and the bed. And again, I don't want to defend the cops, but my first thought is I need to notify the authorities. Right. I need to get out of this. I need to remove myself from this place yeah. and let someone know, oh man, I don't know if you had like a rash of serial killings around here, but I think I found where it happened. Right. So at the very best, this is a scene where the writer and the director are trying to confuse you, the viewer, the into thinking the that, right. So the writer director in this case is yeah. trying to confuse you, the viewer, into thinking that Bill Skarsgård has an ulterior motive for her to get in the basement, which you're about to find out is not true. So none of this is real. Wait a minute. You think he, oh, I didn't read that. I just thought that he was an idiot, that he needed to go down there for some reason. You think that the, your read on this, just so I understand, so I'm clear, is that, no, 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 I got to go look, is to lure her in. So let's pretend for a second that you don't know what happens next. Well, I didn't. So when, when you when you watched it, you felt that he was just an idiot. Yeah. So I'm still as a viewer trying to put together like what is the what's what's happening here? What's the thing? What where is this turn? Where does this go bad? Okay, that's fine. But for me at this point in the movie, my brain is this is insane. None of this adds up. I assume they're going somewhere with it. So let's find out. And yeah. I'm just like kind of let myself be along for the ride. That's me. One option here is that there's a reason he wants her into the basement. And he's trying to lure her back into the basement. That wasn't an option for you. No, because if I was trying to lure someone back into a basement, I wouldn't make them, let them follow me. I'd be behind them. I'd make sure they had no escape. Okay. That's, that's a good point of view. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't operate on implication. <laughs> but there's the only feasible reason is I'm like going through the file of like, why is this scene happening? Yeah. One of the things in that file that pops up that like he is still the bad guy and there's a right. reason he needs her back in the basement. So we go down in the basement. We find a second tunnel, a deeper tunnel. Because she can't find because he he doesn't answer, which oh, such a trigger moment for me. It's like she yells down, everything okay? Yeah. And nothing. Nothing. So deeper she goes. Right, because she's armed. She's ready to solve that problem. I would if no one said anything back, I'd be like, Gotta go. And I am an able-bodied. Just so we're clear, this isn't a men versus women thing. This is a sane people versus insane yeah. people well, thing. And I'm we, out of there. I'm out of there. Can we also acknowledge that all the people on the internet telling you you don't understand how women need to protect themselves is now a completely invalidated argument. The pr you protect yourself by not being there. You pr you've got a car. <laughs> You're in, in the car. At least in Rocky Horror, their car is broken. Yes. Yeah, that's I guess that's my main thing is that like if this movie had done a better job of setting up the premise why she cannot leave, why she must go into the tunnel. Your interview is over. Go home. Yeah, you know, like they set up rain. What if it was flooding? You like you could have just dialed this up a little bit more. Go home. Go to another hotel. Go halfway home. Go to where the airport is, you know. I even think you can get her in the house by him saying, let's go grab a bite to eat and figure this out. He disarms her while sure. they're out to eat. And she decides, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll just make the, stay the night yep. and we'll be okay. Pardon me. I'm going to play devil's advocate, which I'm not supposed to do apparently. It's a bad thing to do. But I'm going to say, well... From a screen economy perspective, maybe that's like a scene we don't need. And you, if you're editing it, you delete it out. But it also could be four shots. You don't need them to have dialogue. It'd be they do it with with Justin Long. He gets those four shots in a bar with his buddy. Yes, you're right. So we get in there. We go down to the pit. What happens? 
The pit is a catacomb. It goes impossibly far. Impossibly far. This pit, these tunnels, they connect houses. Well, we don't know that because they don't seem to no, come up No, but anywhere. like they're long enough that they would, they would, they're under these other houses. My read on it is that like, okay, further stretching my sense of my suspension of disbelief further because like already like this whole premise that we're going to stay here, like this is, this is cartoon world. This is crazy talk. But now you've got tunnels that connect that go for miles underground and forget it. Like now I have to, as an audience member who's thinking have to question like, is this a dream? (laughs) Like, is this even real? Yeah. Because we're anytime, anytime. And this is just the thing about me. Anytime I'm alone with the protagonist with no one else, another, no other character to verify what we're seeing. I begin to in my head say, well, this might be a unreliable narrator. So whatever we see here that is ridiculous, which is beyond the pale, beyond the scope of comprehension might not be real. That's where I'm operating. I don't, I don't just trust the narrator, the, the central perspective in a film, um, unless I have some kind of a reason to do so. So I'm like, literally, I'm like, maybe this isn't even real. Maybe this is a dream. 40 minutes of this movie has been a dream. Yeah. I mean, might as well have been. Well, no. I mean, you could accept the fact that parts of it weren't, right? Sure. Like she went, just because like, she never woke up that once morning again, or whatever. I am the Fight Club generation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure, sure, sure. So we go down into this pit. She goes forever. She misses. She can't find Bill. He is so far. Down. What was he doing? Was he running a marathon? He just must have started sprinting into this darkness. Also, this tunnel has just become a vi- like a, 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 what am I looking for? Uh, I, they just horror tropes like, yes. oh, dark. Oh, cages with blood. So at the very at the very best, they're torturing animals. Meredith, we're I, still not turning around. Can I ask you a question? Uh, Man to a woman. Sure. Is the tunnel a womb? Oh, <laughs> well, the mother's a man. So I guess anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in a tunnel? I've been in a cave. You ever been in one that you weren't supposed to be in? No. One time when I was in high school, <laughs> uh, two of my buddies and I, we went up to the Delaware Water Gap to go camping. And uh, we were just checking around the stuff around up there. And we went to a place and there was the entrance to an old copper mine. And it had a gate on it. Okay. It's supposed to be like you can't get in. But the gate was, the lock was busted. And we had some towels with us. And we tore up the towels and tied them around sticks. And we had some lighter fluid because one of my buddies was into having a Zippo. And we soaked those towels. We had towels because we were going to go swimming. We soaked those towels in lighter fluid and we made like torches, mm-hmm. like like D&D adventurer torches. Yes, yeah, so you, you had seen Indiana Jones and you knew what to do. Yeah. And we lit them on fire and we went into the fucking copper mine. I got about maybe 150 feet of okay. this copper mine. My buddies, like, they kept going. I'm just to, like, let it be known, like, I've been in those tunnels. I ain't going. They didn't go much farther than me. Yeah. There's a, like, you're not going to make a turn. You're not going to lose yeah. sight of the entrance. You know, I so, like, your instincts override, like, get the fuck out of this place. Yeah, I, I mean, I so appreciate you bringing this up because a movie I kept thinking about while watching this was The Descent. Have yeah, you ever no, seen favorite The of yours. Descent? No, I never saw it. We've got to put that on our list of things to watch. Okay. Because- I can make very little connections to this movie with the descent, but what that movie does successfully yeah. is everything this movie fails at. And like, Ugh. look, thematically, they're totally different. Sure. But like the descent 
gets me to a level of fear and then pulls something on me that this movie, everyone's celebrating happening in this movie and they fail at it. And I think that The Descent really succeeds at that. Ooh, the better version. But it's not this movie. But I kept thinking about it and trying to think about why I kept thinking about it. She can't find Mr. Bill Skarsgård. She keeps going deeper, 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 deeper. She finds Bill. She says, we got to go back. Bill, Bill tells her, no, we've got to go this way. The thing is that way. Long story short, Bill gets his fucking brains bashed in by a 12 foot tall demonic lady. Finally. Demonic lady. Demonic, big demonic lady, lanky demonic lady. I kind of feel like that's a trope I've seen enough of. But yeah, it bashes his head in. So all ever, so also what happens in that moment, moment is anything that you've been thinking this movie might become in that moment is dead. It's gone. Yeah. Right. We cut the black. Right, right. We're gonna start a brand new movie. Billy Skarsgård is dead. Okay, and he's we don't. He's not the antagonist. He's not luring her down there. No. He's a victim. He is red herring. We knew that. We guessed that it would have been a twist if he wasn't. Surprise, right, sure. surprise! He's a red herring. Forgot it. Okay, we cut to California. <laughs> 